I want to teach you today on what is entitled paying the price for success. Paying the price for success. There is a price to pay. For anyone who truly wants to succeed, there is a price to pay. Tell somebody there is a price to pay. You see, success does not just fall on your laps. There is a price to pay to be successful. There are things to do to be successful. We can say there is a road map that you must follow if you want to be successful. You've got to understand that as a child of God, the word of God has been given to us to cause us to succeed. God's word is the guide we need. God's word is the manual. You see, when you go to a store and you buy a product, like a TV, for instance, the, you pull it out, you don't just start using it. You've got to read the guide. There is a manual in this box that you must read that tells you about the, the TV set and how to use it. Because if you don't read what is written in the guide, you might blow your TV off. And if you blow this thing off, you take it back to the place you bought it, they won't take it back from you. Why? Because you damaged it. Correct? I want you to understand the word of God is the manual you need for success. And as we look at this lesson today or this message today, I want you to open up your heart and I want you to absorb all that God wants to say to you because I'm sure it's going to bless you. Who wants to truly succeed in life? Everyone should be lifting their hands and possibly your feet. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to give you seven things that will enhance success. Number one is hard work. Tell somebody hard work. You want to write that down. Now, I want to approach this differently today. See, there is so much said on hard work, but very little on working smart. So much has been said on working hard, but very little has been said on working smart. There is a big difference between working hard and working smart. I truly believe that if you work smart, you may not have to work hard. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not against hard work. I'm going to show you what I mean by that. Working hard in the wrong place is a waste of time. When you find the right thing, it becomes easy to work smart. <laughs> Let me show you. Can I borrow your phone? This is Jenks' uh, telephone. Now, watch this. I can do everything I can. I mean, work hard on trying to turn off the AC with this phone. But it won't work. Because I'm... Um, Working hard in the wrong place. Or I'm using the wrong device. And because I'm using the wrong device, this thing is not going to work. So I need to work smart. Not hard. So here you are. 
doing everything you can to succeed. You're working hard. But, but you're not working smart. So I need to work smart. I dropped the uh, telephone and I used the remote control because the remote control was built for this reason. Watch this. I I'm not going to push this hard because I've got the right device. Right? Because I've got the right device, I'm now smart. Watch this. That's it. The AC responds because I'm working smart. I was working hard, but it wasn't responding because I, I wasn't working smart. Anybody getting what I'm saying today? Watch this. So I've turned off the AC because I'm now working smart. So I'm successful at what I'm doing because I'm working smart, not because I'm working hard. You know, they say if hard work makes you a millionaire, all the African mothers would be millionaires. It's, it's, it's how smart you work, not just how hard you work. So a lot is said about working hard, lifting stuff, and carrying stuff. But, but if you notice, even in, in the factories right now, especially in the West, robots are taking the place of man. I said robots are taking the place of man. For those who think to themselves, oh, if I go to Europe, robots have taken the jobs. <laughs> There's nothing to carry. Robots carry, robots do the heavy duty job. But notice what those people have done. They've, they, they've, they've decided to work smart so that they can save more. They've decided to work smart for better productivity. Now the investment into robots cost them more than when they had people, human labor working in the factories. It cost more when they started it, but in the long run, it favors them. They chose to get rid of Manpower, human labor, and if taking on robots to do the job. And so uh, you go to places like Germany, you, you go to places like the U.S., these mega factories hardly use people. They've, they've understood the importance of not working hard necessarily. Hard working in the minds of people is carrying stuff. Sweating and, and doing all these you know, labor. And there's nothing wrong in working hard, but I'm just saying you, you've got to work smart. If you have a business right now, learn how to work smart, not just hard. Is this helping anybody? Yeah. Now, now, 
In the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Look at what it says. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. We're going to read verse 10. If the axe is dull. And one does not sharpen the edge. Then he must use more strength. Let me read that again. If the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use what? More strength. That's Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse number 10. If the axe is dull and you don't sharpen the edge of the axe, you have to apply more strength. And that's what's happening today. Many have a very dull edge. That's why they have to apply more strength. But if your axe is sharp, if you work smart, you don't have to apply much strength. Well, this is going to help somebody today. So hard work does not just mean lifting heavy weights. It means working smart as you put in your best into what you do. Some of you are not writing these things down. Maybe you go watch it again after the service. Because you need to digest what I'm telling you today. Hard work is not just working hard, carrying heavy stuff. It is working smart in that area that God has given to you. Are you listening to me? You've got to learn how to work smart. If the axe is dull, you've got to apply more strength. It's just like when you want to pull down the tree and you're using this axe and you, you're beating the tree, but the axe head is dull. That is why it does not produce the kind of success or result that you want to see. That's why working hard is more working smart is more important than working hard. Tell your neighbor, work smart. From today, work smart. Hallelujah. Come on now, somebody say amen. In Ecclesiastes 9.10, the Bible says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. Are you a painter? Are you a doctor? Are you a student? Are you a comedian? Are you a writer? Are you a musician? Are you a preacher? Aim at being the best. I say aim at being the best. Don't settle for average. Some people have this average mindset. Don't settle for average. You've got to aim at being the best at what you do. You've got to explore every avenue to rise to the top by working hard, developing yourself in your area of interest. Did you hear me? You work hard developing yourself in your area of interest. Praise God. When you develop yourself, you're going to be smart. And the world is looking for smart people. I said the world is looking for smart people. 
I told this to the business, the business men and women when we had the uh, business breakfast. That the, the, according to Forbes, what we, we know as Forbes magazine, uh, you have a list of the richest men in the world. And Elon Musk is known or said to be the richest man in the world right now. One of his quotes is this. You get paid by the volume of problems you can solve. The more difficult, the more the money. So I said, the more difficult, the more the money. So the world is looking for people with solution. Have you got a solution? If you have a solution, you will succeed. See, problems are potential for success. Problems, see, when a problem is there in your face, it's a potential for success. If you want to succeed, solve it. The kind of problems you solve will determine the kind of money you, 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 you are paid. Praise the Lord. So whatever you do, putting your best by developing yourself in your area of interest. It's important to start somewhere so that you have something God can increase. Tell your neighbor, start somewhere. See, the Bible says God will bless the work of your hands. God will bless the work of your hands. So start somewhere so that God will have something to increase. Start somewhere so that God will have something to bless. See, in the book of 2 Kings chapter 6, you don't have to go there. When the woman asked Elisha to help her uh, with her late husband's debt. Remember the story of the woman who uh, the, the creditor had come to take two of her sons away. And she cries to Elisha and she said to Elisha, when my husband was alive, he had heaped up all this debt. And now that he's dead, the creditor have come to take my two sons away and to force them to work for him to pay off their late father's debt. So when she presented this problem to Elisha, what did Elisha do? Elisha prayed that God will make a way, provide for her. Is that what Elisha did? Notice, I'm not taking away from praying that God will provide because God does provide supernaturally. But one of the ways that God will give you supernatural provision is by using what you've got. Elisha asked the woman, what have you got in your house? What do you have? Now, if you read that in the Amplified Classic, Elisha asked her, what do you have in your house of sale value? Something tangible, not something intangible. Something, something you can touch. What is it you've got in your house? What is it that you can touch? What is it that is physical that you have in your house of sale value? This thing has sale value. And the woman said, 
I've got nothing but a jar of oil. No, don't say nothing. You've got something. See, a lot of times that's how people think. I've got nothing. No, God can use what seems little in your eyes to bring you a miracle. I've got nothing but just a bottle of oil. Okay, that's good. That's good. At least you've got something. Tell somebody I've got something. There's something you've got that God will use. Don't say I've got nothing because there is something you have. There's, listen, God will never leave you without something. You always have something. I don't care your present predicament. You've got something that God can use. What have you got of sale value here? I've got this bottle of oil. It is sitting in my house. Okay, here's what you're going to do. You, you go home and you borrow many vessels. Don't borrow a few, but many. And when you've borrowed many vessels, you go into your room. You lock the door, you and your two sons. And you pour that which you have in your hands into those vessels. And the Bible tells us that that's exactly what she did. And when she poured into all the vessels and all the vessels were filled, she went back to the man of God and said, Man of God, I've done what you told me to do. What next? The man of God said, Now go and sell. Everyone said, Go sell. Go and work. That's what he said. Go work it. Everyone said, Go and work it. Go and get, put your hands to something. God will bless the work. Of your hands. Notice Elisha did not just say money appeared to pay off a debt. No, that's not what Elisha did. Elisha said, Go and work with what you've got. Sell what you have, and you and your sons will live on the rest after you've paid off your debt. Come on now, say amen. amen. Now, for you here listening to this message, what do you have now? Where does your ability lie? What are the gifts that God has given to you? What do you have? Ask yourself that question. What do I have now that God can work with? I want to go to the next level, but what is it that I've got now that God can use? Because God will use what you've got. I said, God will use what you've got. Come on now, say amen. When Peter came to Jesus and told him, about paying the temple tax. Jesus told Peter to go to the sea and catch. And do what? Work. Tell somebody work. Jesus said go to, the, go to the stream or go to the sea and catch. Jesus told him to catch. Basically Jesus was using Peter's ability. Peter was a fisherman. And when the need arose. Jesus said. Use your ability. Hmm. Use your ability. Use your ability. Go to the sea and catch. The, no, say, say, watch this. The supernatural will kick in, but you've got to step out. I said the supernatural will kick in, but you've got to step out. You see, when you step out in faith in the natural, the supernatural will meet you on the way. Yeah, you step out in faith, the supernatural will meet you on the way. You see, a lot of times, the, the reason why you, people don't see what they are believing for is because they are not stepping out. You've got to step out in the natural and see how God will come through for you. God will not let you fall. God will not let you fail. God will not let you drown. You step out 
in the natural and you see how the supernatural will come through for you. So Peter had to go out because the Lord said, go catch a fish. And the first fish you catch, there will be money in its mouth. That is supernatural. But the man had to go out and throwing his line into the ocean to catch. And God supernaturally brought the right fish to Peter's line. And he pulled it in and opened his mouth. There was money in it. Everyone say work. work. Tell your neighbor work hard. Tell your neighbor, work smart. See, you, you need to be able to understand what I'm trying to teach you today. It's not just work hard, but it's, it's working smartly hard. <laughs> There's a phrase like that. It's, it's working. English teachers, help me. It's working smartly hard. Working hard smart. Working hard smart or working smart hard. <laughs> Anyhow, which, which one you want to put in the front desk, do it. But work hard and work smart. Come on now, say amen. amen. Look at Proverbs chapter 14, verse 4. You can write this down. It says, where no oxen are, the crib is clean. But much increase is by the strength of the ox. Much increase, much increase. I'm sure there's someone sitting here this afternoon that wants to see much increase in their life. Oh yes, I want to see much increase in my life. But notice what it says. Where there is no oxen, the crib is clean. Oxen is symbolic to hard work. It's symbolic to strength. Because... It's symbolic to a beast. It's a beast of burning. So which means God is saying here in his word. That if you work hard and work smart. You will succeed. It's time to work hard and work smart. Come on now say amen. amen. It's time to. <laughs> this is important. Work hard. Whatever it is you do. Give it your strength. Get rid of average mentality. Get rid of survival mentality. You are not here to survive. You're here to revive. Come on now say amen. amen. Come on now say amen. amen. Get rid of average mentality. Get rid of uh, I just want to make some money and go back to my village and build, build me a house. Get rid of that. You're going to be a village champion. Get rid of that. God wants to do much more in and through your life. God, God, God wants you to have a global vision. God, God wants you to have a vision that affects a, a whole continent. God wants you to think big. Think outside the box. Don't, don't think small. Come on now, say amen. amen. No, you, you listen to some people. They just talk about, oh, I'm here to make some money. I'm here to hustle. You are not a hustler. You are not. Tell your neighbor, I'm not a hustler. You listen, you are a man, you are a woman that has got a divine purpose on your life. There is God's divine purpose, and you've got to live every day purposefully. What is this thing? I'm here to make money. And go listen, you're not here, you're not here to make money, you're here to fulfill God's purpose for your life. I say you're not here to make money, you're here to fulfill God's purpose for your life. You, I, I'm not looking for money. Money is looking for me. Because yes. I'm about my father's business. Yes. 
and, and because I'm about my father's business, my father will supply all I need to get his work done. And oh my goodness, as he's supplying all I need to get his work done, he's taking good care of me. I'm, I'm here to make money. Nowhere in the Bible does he say, go into the world and make money. It says, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Whatever you do, you've got a divine assignment upon your life to preach the gospel wherever you are. And because you are all about money and money and money, that's why you don't have it. But when you are about your father's business, money will find. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, the blessing shall come upon you and the blessing shall overtake you. You see, but that's when you are doing that which God has placed you upon the earth to do. And you're doing it smart and you're doing it hard. And you're putting in your effort into it. And when you do it right, guess what? God's grace will be there to empower you and to increase you and to bless you and to make a way for you. Can someone shout amen? amen? Number two, I want to succeed. Wisdom. Wisdom is applying the knowledge of the truth to any issue of your life to see the fulfillment. Let me see, read that again. Wisdom is applying the knowledge of the truth to any issue of your life to see the fulfillment. Hope I'm not too complex for you today. Wisdom is applying, let me simplify, wisdom is applied knowledge. Tell your neighbor, wisdom is applied knowledge. Wisdom is the ability to apply what I know. That's what wisdom is really. It's the ability to apply what I know. So it's possible to know a thing but don't know how to apply it. Can you see that? People are sitting here today or you're watching by way of the internet and, and, and there's something in your heart you know you should do but you don't know how to do it. You need wisdom. Because wisdom is what reaches down into that thing in you and pull it out and bring it to manifestation. Amen. Wisdom is the ability. That is why when God gave Solomon this encounter of a lifetime and God asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Solomon said, you have given me all these people to lead, but I'm a young man and I am inexperienced. Therefore, give me wisdom. Give me what? Give me wisdom. Because there is a lot of responsibility on me. I need wisdom to execute what you've told me to do. You want to succeed in life? Go for wisdom. The Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. Get wisdom. Tell your neighbor, get wisdom. I, I want to say to you, my friends, that your life is not too complicated that wisdom cannot simplify. You say, oh, Pastor God, well, I I'm in a tight corner. I, I don't know what to do. Wisdom will simplify your life. Yes. Wisdom is given to us to make our lives simple. Maybe your life is complicated right now. The wisdom of God will uncomplicate your life. Amen. I said maybe your life is complicated right now. The wisdom of God will uncomplicate. Your, the wisdom of God does not complicate it. The wisdom of God simplifies it. Amen. Come on now. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. So once you get wisdom to deal with a situation, that situation becomes a piece of cake. You know how we say it's a piece. just a piece of cake. 
You know what that means, right? It's an idiomatic expression. This is a piece of cake. It's easy. Wisdom makes it easy. You need wisdom to succeed, guys. I say you need wisdom to succeed, guys. Wisdom would take your business to a new level. Wisdom would take your marriage to a new level. Wisdom would take your relationships to new heights. Wisdom. So number two key is what? Wisdom. So wisdom is knowing how to accomplish your goals and deal with issues of your life. Have you got goals? Have you got goals? Does anyone have goals here? A few of you. Thank you for three of you that have goals. Yeah. Do you have goals? Are there, are there things you want to see in 2022? Are, are there things you want to see in 2023? Are there things you want to see when you are 18? Maybe, maybe you are so young, you're not 18 yet, but uh, are there things you want to accomplish at the age of... Are there things you want to accomplish at the age of 20? 25? Come on now, I'm preaching good, say amen. amen. Well, what are the things you want to accomplish? These are goals. Wisdom will help you accomplish them. Because wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge. You know stuff, but applying it is important. You see, what you know is sitting there in you, but until you get wisdom, it's just going to sit there all the days of your life. That is why they say that the graveyard, not that I believe it, but they say the graveyard is the wealthiest place. Why? Because so many people did not accomplish what God placed in them. They lived for 80 years, for 90 years and died, and they took all that dream to the grave. That will not be your portion. Amen. That amen is very weak. I said that will not be your. Hmm. Having a plan is one thing. Knowing how to make it happen is another. So many people have dreams but do not know how to bring them to manifestation. This is where wisdom comes in. Because wisdom enables you to execute your ideas. Now there is a few ways you can get wisdom. I want to say get wisdom. Now the Bible says get wisdom. So if the Bible says get wisdom, then go ahead and get wisdom then. Get wisdom. Tell your neighbor get wisdom. Now if wisdom is this important, you've got to go for it. If wisdom is this, if wisdom can uncomplicate your life right now, maybe you've done stuff that have complicated your life. Wisdom will uncomplicate it. We need wisdom, guys. We need wisdom. We need wisdom. And I tell you, I, I want to just speak to people. That, we are all young here. I, I believe we are all young. But let me speak to much younger people. <laughs> let me speak to much younger people. There are choices in life. And wisdom will guide you in making choices. I'm telling you right now, wisdom will guide you in making choices. And when the wisdom of God is at work in you, you will make right choices. You, you, you don't want to make choices that you regret in 20 years' time. And how many of you know that there are choices and decisions that cannot be reversed? Do you know that? We cannot overstate this. There are choices. Once they are made, they are set. Nothing can reverse them. God himself 
will not reverse them. In actual fact, we say God cannot reverse them. So what do you mean God cannot? Can God not do all things? God can do all things you let him do. Oh, you didn't get that. God can do all things you let him do. See, all this thing about God, God is, God is in control. Oh, Pastor, God, how dare you say uh, God cannot do that? Is God not in control? Listen, if God was in control, this, some people would not be at home right now. You know what I mean by that? Because as I'm talking to you, there are people that should have been here filling the seats, but they are not here. If God was in control, God would have brought them. No, this is, this is a lie. Oh, God is in control. That's a lie. God is in control of what you let him control in your personal life. You don't want to wake up and go to church. God will not wake you up. <laughs> fact. Yeah. Come on, fact. This is a, this is a fact. Does God want you to come to church? Absolutely. Is God going to force you? No. There are things that cannot be reversed once the decision is made. Like a, like a young man who, or a young girl, they go out, oh, ho, ho, they're feeling good about themselves. And they do what brings babies. Babies will come. The baby, babies will come. God will not stop the baby from coming. There are things God cannot do. You see what I'm saying? Don't be quiet on me. I'm preaching good. You do what brings babies. God wouldn't block it. It will happen. You will conceive. And that, and that decision... It will never be reversed. Never be reversed. It's a decision that has come to stay. And that baby will live. Come on, I said say, that baby. Aha. The baby will live. So that's the reason why... Last, I said, we, we want to talk to younger people. Because some of these choices will never be changed. Why do you think we, we take the time to pray for our children? You think it's just that they say yes to us all the time? No. No, no, no. They have to make choices. And if we pray for them, they'll make the right. I want to say the right. It's important they make right choices. Why? Because, listen, every choice comes with a consequence. Good choice, good consequences. In some cases, it's actually consequences, not just a consequence. Good choice, good consequence, or consequences. Bad choice, bad consequence or consequences now now listen to me carefully this is what God has set in motion it's Galatians 6 don't 
be deceived. God cannot be mocked. For whatsoever. Everyone say whatsoever. For whatsoever a man sows. That. Everyone say that. What is that? That is what he sowed. See. What, whatsoever a man soweth. That. Everyone say that. What is that? That is that which he sowed. That seed. It's going to produce a harvest. That he shall also reap. He that sows into the flesh will, not probably, maybe, no, will from the flesh rip corruption. He that sows into the spirit will from the spirit reap life everlasting. So you can see right there that there are good seeds and there are bad seeds. But every seed will produce a harvest. Some choices cannot be changed. The, the law of seed time and harvest has been set in motion. There is nothing any man can do to stop it. And it is no respecter of persons. Just like the law of gravity. We are on the sixth floor, right? If you open the window, you jump out. Are you hoping that the angels of God are going to catch you? I'm here to announce to you they won't. But pastor, does it not say in Psalm 91? He will give his angels charge over me. They will bear me up in their hands and I will not dash my foot against a stone. Does it not say that? Does it not say that as the walls surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surround them that fear him? Why do you say the angels will not catch me? Well, the angels won't catch you because you're sowing the wrong seed. God does not go against his own word. I say God does not go against his own word. That's what the devil tried to do with Jesus. He tried to play this trick on Christ. He said to Jesus, jump down for it is written. Now, nowhere does he say jump down. You see, the devil added to the Bible. And the Bible says, do not add, do not subtract. Leave the word of God the way it is because it is perfect. For the devil tried to play this trick on the Lord when he said, jump down for it is written. Yes, it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. But it doesn't say jump down. <laughs> so the moment you jump down, you break the scripture. The devil thought he was smart. What did Jesus say? Thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. Tell your neighbor, don't tempt God. You see, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. Even, I say, look, when I say these things about God, I'm not saying these things to belittle God. I'm saying these things to help you understand that there are things that God will not change. You can't keep sowing the same seed and expect a different result because the word of God says, Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. It, it, the same measure, I want to say the same measure. They say the same measure with which you measure out. The same measure, it shall be measured back to you. 
So, who determines what happens? You cannot answer. <laughs> it's God. God determines what happens. The late Kenneth Hagin told the story when Jesus Christ gave him an amazing, amazing experience. The Lord Jesus appeared unto him and they were having a conversation. I think it was an, an hour long conversation. And while they were having this conversation, here comes this monkey looking demon. Monkey looking. It was a monkey looking. Monkey looking demon. So this monkey looking midget devil shows up in the middle of his conversation with Jesus. So the midget monkey looking demon was crying yakety yak yak yakety yak yak yakety yak yak. So he just kept doing it yakety yak yak yakety yak yak yakety yak yak. And as he was saying these words yakety yak yak. The Lord was still speaking, but at this time, the man of God couldn't hear the Lord. So in his mind, he hoped that Jesus was going to tell this demon to disappear. But Jesus did nothing about it. Everyone said, Jesus did nothing about it. And so he waited and waited and nothing was happening and, and he was no more hearing the Lord. Then he realized, I've got to do something about this. Then he looked at the demon and he said, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And this monkey looking demon fell down and began to cry. Because the man have taken authority or exercised the authority that God gave to him. Now watch this. He said, Lord, he said to Jesus. Actually, Jesus said to him as he pointed at this demon who was at the time on the floor crying, the Lord pointed at the demon and said to Kenneth Hagin, if you haven't done anything about it, I couldn't. I couldn't have done anything about it if you haven't done anything about it. And he said, Lord, um, I, I, am I hearing you well? Did you say I wouldn't or I couldn't the Lord said I couldn't he said Lord you have to give me scriptures you have to prove this to me you need to give me three New Testament scriptures to show me that what you just said is true the Lord said I'll not give you three I'll give you four <laughs> I want to say to you my friends one of the things we must understand is all that needed to be done to deal with life troubles have been done by Jesus. Amen. All. All that needed to be done to deal with demons, Jesus did. And I tell you, he's not coming back to do one thing. All power has been given to us. Amen. We're going to use it or we're not going to use it. The choice belongs to us. So the next time you face that situation, stop crying to God. Confront it in the name of Jesus. 
The next time that devil shows up, confront that devil in Jesus' name. Are you listening to me? The Lord said, I couldn't. Because all power in heaven and in earth was given to me. But I turned it to you. It has been turned over to you. Praise God. Come on now, somebody say amen. amen. I know I digressed a bit, but let's go back to wisdom, right? Yeah. Wisdom. Mm -hmm. There are ways to get wisdom. Number one, ask God. Pray and say, Lord, give me wisdom. When you meet with a situation and you don't know what to do, ask God to give you wisdom to deal with it. The Bible says, let him that lack wisdom ask from the Lord who gives to all men liberally without upbraiding and he shall be given unto him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering for he that wavers is like the wave of the sea. Let him not think he shall receive anything from the Lord for a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So you've got to pray, say, Lord, give me wisdom to deal with this. And when you ask God for wisdom, what does he do? He gives you wisdom. Second way to get wisdom is you've got to seek wise counsel. Don't act like you know it all. Some people think they know everything. No, you don't. Seek wise counsel. Before you make that big choice, that big decision, go to somebody that is wise. How do you know the person is wise? Because you see the fruit of their life. The fruit of your life shows the wisdom that you've operated, operated in. Are you listening to me? The fruit of your life reveals to us the choices you've made. And the choices you've made were made because of the wisdom that you have. Go to them. The Bible says in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. Seek wisdom. Tell your neighbor, seek wisdom. So go seek wise counsel from wise people. Praise God. Hallelujah. Number three way to get wisdom is by experience. Experience. Some things will come with age and practice. The Bible says gray hair is the glory of the old. Number four, read the book of Proverbs. Amen. You need wisdom? Read Proverbs. Read it, read it. You see, there are 31 chapters in Proverbs, which means one, one every day. There are 31 days in a month. So read one chapter every day. And I tell you, you will be wise. Come on, now, it's getting quiet now. Say amen. Amen. You want to succeed? Are you still here? Yes. Do you really want to succeed? Yes. Number three key to success. Find the right vocation. Find the right job. <laughs> find the right career. It's important to find it. You see, we, we talk about all these manufacturers that... You know, they, they, they manufacture products, but these products are manufactured to serve specific needs. Is that true? Don't you know that you've been created by the greatest of all? 
Don't you know that God designed you for a reason? You don't look like the next person. Even when you give birth to a set of twins, they are different. God has created you for a purpose. And the purpose that God has created you, you must find. You must what? You must find. Because success comes when you are properly placed. When you find your niche, you will succeed. I was preaching in a church in Lagos. This was in 2010. In Lagos, Nigeria. And the church was filled with young people. Uh, I believe they were career people, probably, probably lawyers and doctors. And I was preaching from Romans chapter 12 verse 2 where it says, And do not conform to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be able to prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. My focus was perfect, the perfect will of God. When I was done preaching, I gave an altar call for those who wanted to discover God's perfect will for them. Guess what? All these young people... I think over 60% of the congregation came up to the altar, knelt down so that I pray for them to discover the will of God. And then you begin to realize it is possible to be in the right place but still be misplaced. It's possible to be in the right place and still be misplaced. Because what you call the right place may not be God's right place. They say good is the enemy of the best. You think you're in a good place until God shows you are not in the best place. There is a place for you. Find it. Pastor God, well, how do I find it? Go to God. Go to God. You see, the way you pray is important. The Bible says you pray and you don't receive because you pray the wrong prayers. <laughs> uh, let me say that again. The Bible says you pray but you don't receive because you pray the wrong. The Bible says you pray amiss. Everyone say amiss. You're praying, but you're not praying right. <laughs> you're hitting the wrong target. I believe with all of my heart that one of the prayers that God answers fast is when you go to him and say, Lord, why am I here? God wants to give you the answer quickly. Why am I here? Because God does not want any one of you wasting time. Why am I on this earth? Why did you put me here? God wants to answer that prayer quickly. But people are not praying that prayer. They're saying, Lord, give me a house. Lord, give me a car. Lord, give me a wife. Lord, give me a husband. Lord, give me a business. Lord, they're asking all this stuff. But all these things they're asking for are good. But they come with the package. You've got to find the package. I say you've got to find the package. All these things are in the package. You've got to find the real thing and these things come with it. 
God said to Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. I called you to be a prophet to the nations. There was a purpose for his life. There was a purpose. Tell your neighbor, your neighbor there is a purpose. There's a purpose for your life. You, you're not here by accident. You're not here by mistake. Oh, Pastor God, you don't know what happened before I was born. I don't know what happened. I don't know the circumstances surrounding your birth. But I'm here to tell you that because you are here, there is a purpose. You're already here. So there is no need to talk about what happened before you were born. You're already here. There is a purpose for your life. And the purpose for your life can be accomplished. Amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. God does not just want you to be in a good place. God wants you to be in the right place. Amen. Number four, key to success. You've got to have a healthy mindset. Healthy. Your mind must be healthy. You, some people don't have... Your healthy mental state will affect your disposition to life. The Bible says, as a man thinks, so is he. <laughs> you cannot get beyond your thought pattern. You can't. You can't get beyond the way you think. God said to Abraham, lift up your eyes and look as far as you see, I give you. You can't get beyond what you see in your mind. Hmm. What you see affects how you live. What you see affects your productivity. What you see affects the way you talk. You can't, listen, your mind is a powerful thing. God gave it to you for a reason. God gave it to you so that you can think big with it. Now oh, that amen is weak. <laughs> God, see, see, that thing you call a mind was put there by God so that you can think big. God put it for a reason. God put it for a reason. Think, think with it. <laughs> I said think with it. Uh, think with, listen, some people just have a mind. Think with your mind. Think with it. Nothing is impossible. If you can think big, you can achieve big. Think, think. Put your hand on your head and do this. Think, look at this. Think, 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 think. It's time to, it's time to begin to think. Think, don't just think, but think big. Someone say, I, I'm thinking too much. Sometimes, someone say, I'm thinking. It's good to think too much. Of course, you know, I, I know what they meant when they said I'm thinking too much. And so I, 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 I help them understand that it is good to think. They're trying to say I'm worried. That's what see, people say I'm thinking too much. Thinking is good. It's a process. It's necessary for life. Only dead people don't think. So you've got to think. Apply your mind. Don't worry. Think. Come on now, I'm preaching good. Say amen. amen. So a healthy mental state, having a positive mindset is necessary for success. Because see, your perspective on yourself, watch this, and on life will affect the outcome of your life. 
Ja. No, the way you see yourself is important. Oh, Pastor, now you want us to internalize. You want us to be full of ourselves. That's not what I'm saying. But you've got to see yourself the way God sees you. Come on now, say amen. amen. The way you see yourself matters. You can't, carry, you, you can't see yourself as a non-achiever and carry yourself as an achiever. You, you can't see yourself as wimpy and weak and carry yourself as bold and strong. The way you see yourself will affect, even when people see you, they can tell that you are timid. Do you know we can look at you and say, oh, he's afraid. Shake my hands. You see, even in the marketplace, when businessmen shake your hands, they tell the moment they shake your hands if you can accomplish the job. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They shake hands with you. They look in your eyes and they squeeze your hand. They squeeze it. They squeeze it. Yes. That, listen, because they say first impression matters. So shake my hand. They look in your eyes. They squeeze your hand. They are trying to get something. The Bible says the eyes of a man is the window of the soul. They will look. They will see. They will see boldness. They will see courage. They will see, or they see fear. They see timidity. Oh, this one can't even look in my eyes. This one can't do the job. How is he going to talk to clients? They see all of that. They squeeze your hand. Oh, give me your hand. Give me your hand. Yeah. <laughs> They're squeezing it. Oh, my. Get out of here. You're not ready for the you're not ready for the job. <laughs> you see, it's all about listen, how you see yourself determines how people see you. It does. It does. The next time you walk into that boardroom meeting, you're walking with boldness. You're walking square your shoulders, man. Lift up your head and lift up your chin. Don't be doing this. It, it's interesting the way some people think about humility. Humility is. <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> praise. I'm humble. Listen, you don't need to tell people you're humble. The moment you say it, you're prideful. See, this is, sometimes, for many, it's a false sense of humility. They think this is humility. You look at them, you think they, they can't even kill a fly. Talk bold. I say, talk bold. No man is your source. God is your source. Talk bold. Oh, if I talk like that, they will not give me money. Talk bold. They're not your source. Some missionaries were coming from the U.S. sometime in the past. And some of the ministers they were coming to see pulled their SIM cards out of their iPhones and put their SIM cards in those old telephones. So when the missionaries come from the U.S., they would not see that, oh, you have iPhones. That means you have money. In their own little thinking, they thought if I use an old phone, the missionaries will give us money. But have you realized that people give 
up. You didn't get that. People give up. I said people give up. See, when you are a success at what you do, successful people give in to that. <laughs> this is, it's psychology. Successful people like to give to success. Anything that's thriving is what they want to invest into. Because the question they ask themselves is, why is it succeeding? Why is that one failing? I don't want to put, how many of you want to invest in a business that's flopping? In a business, that, no, how many of you want to invest in a business that's failing? No one, nobody. So, so how do you treat somebody who is doing well? When you see that man, when you see that woman who is successful at what he does, you, 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 you don't give them peanut. You, you, you wouldn't even have the courage to give them peanut. But when you see beggars on the street. So the way you carry yourself will determine how other people treat you. Hide my phone because you're coming from America. Are you serious? If the Lord even put it on your heart to do something for me, you won't be doing something less than an iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> it's wisdom. Someone said wisdom. <laughs> Absolutely. So the way you carry yourself will determine how people treat you. Are you getting this? healthy mentality I've come to the place listen listen nobody here is the source of this church we love we love everybody we appreciate everybody and and we bless you we thank you for being a giver but nobody is the source this church have come through many 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 uh, seasons but we've never gone down it's always been seasons of increase. There has never been a season where we lacked. So no man, no man would say, I am the sponsor. Nobody sponsors the work of God. You don't have what it takes to sponsor God. God sponsors you. God sponsors you. I'm the, spon I'm the sponsor. Sponsor of what? You haven't even sponsored yourself. <laughs> Philippians 4, 8. Look at what it says. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, think on these things. Third John verse one, third uh, John verse two says, "Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers." So we've got to prosper in our minds. Let's get rid of if the, if it's there, get rid of it. It's called the elephant syndrome. The elephant syndrome. You tie a baby elephant to a tree. The baby elephant can break off. Because this baby elephant is chained to a big tree. So all the baby elephant does is go around and go around and go around this big tree. And then 
a mindset is formed. I can never break off because I'm tied to a big tree or chained to a big tree. Now, loose the chain off the feet of the elephant and tied with a thread. The elephant will still go around the big tree. Because a mindset has been built, I can never be free. I can never break off. I can never have it. I can never do it. I can never accomplish it. I can never get a degree. It will never happen. This is the way I've lived my life. And this is called the elephant syndrome. Do you know that everything that was placed on your generation because of what your father, your forefathers, your great-grandfather did, all was broken by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross? Do you know that the curse has been removed and the blessing has come in its place? Do you, oh, they don't believe it. Do you know, oh, some people are still, some people still think, oh, I'm, oh, I'm living under a generational curse. Let me talk to you about generational blessing. Yeah. What is this thing about generational curse? What about generational blessings? Yeah. Come on now, what, do you know that the Bible says those that are of faith are the sons of Abraham? Why is it that people focus so much on their generation that is cursed instead of focus on the generation that is blessed? There is a blessed generation and you and I are children of Abraham and we belong to this blessed generation and the favor of God that was upon Abraham is upon me it's upon you the goodness of God upon Abraham is upon you it's upon me everywhere the man went he had success even kings kings were afraid of him and so people talk about generational curse but I'm here to say that the blessing outweighs the curse the, the, the Bible says the curse is to the fourth generation the curse is to the fourth generation, but the blessing is to a thousand generations. So if the blessing outweighs the cursing, then it means there is something about the blessing that I need to tap into. And the Bible says that Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, having been made a curse for us, that, that, that the blessing of Abraham, that was the blessing of Abraham, the blessing of Abraham is upon you and I. And so get rid of this curse mentality. You are not cursed. You are blessed. I say you are not cursed. You are blessed. The moment you give your life to Bible says if a man is in Christ is a new. Ah, my pro is a new creation. The old is gone. The old is the cursing. The old is the sickness. The old is the bondage. The old is the sin. The old is all the stuff that came because of the fall of man. But the new has come and the new has come in Christ Jesus for everyone that is born again. You have received the life and the nature of Christ on the inside of you and this nature is working and this nature of Christ that you have received have broken the power of the curse over your life. But if you keep believe, believing that you are under a curse, then guess what? The devil will keep taking advantage of your confession. Tell somebody I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Oh, you don't you didn't say you didn't say like you mean it. Tell I am blessed. Don't come tell me I'm cursed. I am blessed. I choose my lineage. 
I choose my lineage. And I've chosen to be in the lineage of Christ. That's what he made available to me. And that's what I choose to believe. Well, Pastor Goldberg, what of your father? What of your father's father? What about them? Huh? What of your father's father's father? What about them? But don't you know there's something that was done in the village a hundred years ago? I don't know about that. I know what was done 2,000 years ago. I know, I know how the lamb of... I know how the lamb... Come on, I'm preaching good. Say amen. I know what the lamb of God did for me 2,000 years ago. Before my father, my grandfather, my great-grandfather even existed. Get rid of this nonsense mentality. And some of you go to places, they deliver you by twisting your head. Free, free, free. They turn your head they, like a bottle. Like, a, like, the, like the cap of a bottle. They're turning your head. They're trying to turn the thing. <laughs> tell three people, I am blessed. I said, tell three people. I didn't say tell one person. Tell three people. I am blessed, 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 blessed. The blessing is upon me. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. God said to Abraham, I'll bless you and I'll make you a blessing. In, you, in, in your seed shall all the nations be blessed and bless themselves. And that seed is Jesus Christ. The seed was not Isaac. The seed is Christ Jesus. And in Jesus Christ, I am blessed. Free from every curse. Free from bondage, free from sickness, free from the oppression of the devil. I am blessed in Christ. Oh my goodness, if the devil tries sometimes, I know, I'm not saying the devil does not exist. He does exist. But the Bible says, I've given you authority to tread upon snakes and scorpions and upon all the works of the devil. And none of them shall by any means hurt you. What you do to the devil is what Paul did to the serpent. The Bible says in the island of Malta, when the serpent clung unto Paul, he shook it into the fire. You shake it into the fire. And the Bible says that Paul did not come to any harm. But the fear, man. People have been bombarded with this thing about you need to be free. Your family, your generation, your this, your that. I know some of you are finding it difficult to even receive what I'm talking about right now. Because some of you are being so, some people are being so brainwashed with this thing. And I'm here to brainwash you all over again. I'm here to brainwash you with the truth. I'm here to brainwash you with the word of God. I'm here to say to you that Christ in you, hope of glory. If Christ is in you, that's the hope of glory. You carry such glory, such power, such wisdom on the inside of you. Oh my goodness. L listen, what Jesus Christ did on the cross and, and his death and burial and resurrection was not Jesus in the boxing ring with Satan. He was not. Okay, so uh, let's get rid of this old mentality that Jesus is in the boxing ring with Satan fighting for 12 rounds for the world uh, championship title. Jesus was not in the boxing ring. Jesus said, I have power to lay down my life and I have power to take it back again. The devil th thought to himself, I killed him, but he did not know that Jesus gave the life. He gave his life for you and I. And when the devil was excited thinking he had killed him, he did not know that the killing or the death of Jesus was his undoing. 
Somebody shout amen. amen. Last, I'll finish with this. Number five. You want to succeed? Manage your time well. Get, listen, get rid, of, get rid of time wasters. Discover them and remove them. Tell somebody, this. <laughs> Tell somebody, discover them and remove them. They are time wasters. Get rid of them. I don't spend time. So don't call me, Pastor, let's spend time. I'm not going to spend time with nobody. I don't spend time. I invest time. That's the mentality. Listen, all this, um, let's go and spend some time. We're not spending any time. We're going to invest it. Well, Pastor, you, you mean you don't spend time with anybody? No, uh, listen. I learned that spending time is a waste of time. Investing time is profitable. I, don't spend it. Invest it. Anybody getting that? Yeah. Don't sp stop spending time. Start investing time. And when you learn what I'm teaching you right now, that you shouldn't spend time but invest it, you will choose the people you meet. Uh, it's getting quiet now. You will, choose, you will choose the kind of people you visit. You will choose the kind of people you hang out with. You will choose the kind of people you meet in Taksim Square. You, you would not spend time, you would invest time. And, and that means you're going to be deliberate about the way you use your time. Praise God. Am I saying no leisure time, no leisure time, no recreational time? That's not what I'm saying. Even leisure time and recreational time, it's actually investing time, not spending time. You've heard me say, most of what I see on TV, it's to educate myself. I hardly turn on TV just to watch TV. I turn on TV and I learn. That's why some of my favorite channels are national. Yeah, <laughs> I, like to, I like to watch the wild. I like to watch the wild. And I learn a lot just watching, watching lions. And, and antelopes and and antelopes and 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 tigers. I I learned so much. I learned so much just watching how a car is built. Oh yeah, I learned a lot. So most of my time watching TV is investing into me, learning, improving, getting better, not being a novice. I believe a minister of the gospel needs to be well-rounded, well-rounded, well-rounded. I don't have to be a scientist to know some things about science. I don't have to be, I don't have to be an astronaut to know some things about space. I don't have to be, I don't have to be, I don't have to go to university to study uh, uh, engineering to know some things about building. I just have to learn. Oh, my God. I'm not going to be jack of all trade. 
master of none. But I'm applying myself in different areas. You've got to apply yourself in different areas. Learning a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And just becoming an uh, all-round person. So any subject that's opened up, at least you have something to say. Not looking, (laughs) what what are you talking about? Tell somebody, be an all-rounder. Learn, learn, apply yourself, improve yourself. Don't be an average man. Don't be an average woman who, I don't know that. Oh, really? I never heard that before. You live on this planet. This is the 21st century. You never heard? You never heard that? Oh, no, I never heard that. Okay, you're hearing it for the first time. Amen. Amen. Did that bless anybody today? Hallelujah. Now I know you can do better as you put your hands and give God glory. Give God praise for everything he has done today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.